You're listening to the Law Careers Net podcast, a monthly podcast designed to give you everything you need to know about becoming a lawyer. Hello and welcome back to the Law Careers Net podcast. I'm going to keep my introduction short today because we have a great interview for you all to listen to and I think you're going to enjoy this one. Fernanda Madani is a law graduate and a future trainee solicitor and you might think that makes her sound like a typical aspiring lawyer. But she has done a lot of interesting things during university and since graduating. And I thought that she would be a great example of someone who has perhaps taken a slightly different route into law and has lots of experiences and wisdom to share with our listeners. So we spoke about how she's built her personal brand, what she's learned from running a business, how to network without asking for something, and how the makings of a good lawyer have transformed over the years. Hi, Fernanda. Thank you very much for coming on the Law Careers Net podcast. It's great to see you again and great to have you on the podcast. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, my name is Fernanda, for everybody listening at home. And I studied law at Aston University, graduated with a first class degree. And in between that and after law, I didn't go straight into my training contract. I started working with startups, SMEs, and with a lovely charity. And since then, I've secured my training contract with Latham and Watkins. So we're going to talk um, a bit later about kind of all those things that you've done in between Mm. your law degree um, and your training contract. But let's first kind of focus on that kind of law background. So maybe kind of talk about your kind of aspirations and what made you want to kind of pursue this path to become a solicitor. Um, You know, when I started university, I didn't want to go into law. Really? You know, I was like, there's got to be more to life than law. Like, because my cousins in Zimbabwe, where my family's from, were lawyers. I've just always grown up around lawyers. So it makes you not want to do it. So when I started at uni, I told myself, okay, anything but law. I was interested in consultancy um, and at some point even considered medicine. But then I realized, okay, even if I go and do law at university, it's not going to be that bad because law is a degree with currency. And by that, I mean, you know, you can study law and go into anything, policing, art, you name it, because it governs everything that we do. And then um, when I was in my first year of university, I then did a insight day at Berger Salmon and Shoesmith. And I found that really interesting. So I thought, okay, I really like the people. It seems like a good vibe. Some of the offices are really pretty. So that was a little (laughs) bit of me. And I always liked the snacks that they had. You know, it seems really (laughs) insignificant, but you know, when, you just go there and you genuinely enjoy yourself regardless of what firm you're at. I was like, okay, maybe the environment here was really good for me. Um, And then soon after that, I thought, okay, maybe, maybe I shouldn't just stop with the solicitor side of things. I could become a barrister. And that's because I used to do a lot of stuff with politics and interviewing people. So the assumption was, oh, Fernanda does law, Fernanda's going to be a barrister. So I assumed, you know what, I'd make a really good barrister. Um, so then I did too many pupillages in my second year of university and I was so surprised when I hated every single second of it like it was just so painful and I don't know what it was because you know in life sometimes you think one thing is going to work out and one thing is the thing that you want to do until you really try it and that's why work experience is so important because you don't know what you don't like until you do it so I found that as much as I found the cases interesting the people are really cool um I missed that collegiality that comes with being in a firm and being surrounded by other people. And also, you know, 
as much as I enjoyed court, I felt like I couldn't be as active because you're really, some of the time you're spending it listening to stuff, really having to respond on the spot. And um, you have to really be comfortable being by yourself sometimes. And I'm very much a people person. So I think that's what did it for me. I think that's so interesting kind of hearing your thought process and how how um it's changed and switched between kind of different paths because I think people think you know I decided when I was seven I'm going to become this and then they're just going to stick to it but actually as you said doing work experience is so valuable not only it might it affirm that's what you want to, to do but it might show you that that it's not what you want to do so mm-hmm. um that's really really interesting but um so this episode is actually going to be more about just kind of your legal work experience and as I mentioned before you have done lots of very uh interesting things um out side of the law uh, since you graduated from Aston Uni and that um, seems to have really helped kind of shape you as a person and build your personal brand and this episode is going to be kind of about how um, law students and graduates can build their personal brand and kind of think outside the box and in terms of what they're doing um, even if they do want to pursue a career in law so maybe you can kind of start by um, telling me um, a little more about the many things um, your LinkedIn profile is <laughs> very <laughs> long and varied so maybe you can kind of summarize if few of the interesting things that you've done since graduating okay so um I think one of the things that I've really appreciated is that it's important to have an ambition so yes I want to be a solicitor this is what I want to go into but leave room for life and by leave room for life I mean do all the things that you really enjoy which make you happy even if they don't automatically look like they tick the ideal student ideal law candidate box And um, an example of that is I finished law school and everyone was like, oh, are you going to go off and, you know, paralegal, do that kind of thing. And I I kind of felt like I wanted a bit of a break, like a change of scene. So I went to work for a charity and this shocked a lot of people because they were like, what? You're going into the not-for-profit sector, but you're very much a corporate girl. And I was like, yes, that's very much true. But I absolutely loved working with the young people that I worked with. It taught me a lot about planning, management, and how to, you know, handle yourself in a workplace. There's some transferable skills that you get to learn from all these different other non-law-related things. And the best thing about it was it gave me room to make mistakes and to realize, okay, Vananda, you know, you kind of have to manage your time a bit better. Um, If you want to successfully run a project, there's so many different stakeholders that you have to interact with. It also taught me digital marketing as well. So there was just a lot of things that I really enjoyed. And sometimes I'd be in the office, you know, planning out my gifs for the week for Twitter. And I I had so much fun doing it. And the best thing that came from it was, you know, I gave myself that room to recalibrate and understand that law isn't just this bubble that we're in in university and enter again when we go into our graduate jobs. But law is a part of something bigger than itself. And um, after that, I thought, okay, I really enjoyed working um, in that charity. I was working as a project program coordinator and then I moved to a startup space and SME space so I started working business strategy at a center for growth at Aston Business School and what I really liked about that was okay all those skills for project management that I'd learned working in charity I now had to apply them again but this time working with businesses and as you can imagine getting getting kids to sign up for a program that's 100% free but they just can't be bothered to show up is a whole different (laughs) skill set it's like you literally tell them come have fun with me but if you're trying to you know get business owners whose time is very valuable to sign up for a program which costs 2,500 pounds it's a whole different dynamic um but the core fundamentals like you know your social media your marketing your copy and how you speak and understand your customer essentially is the same 
And I really, really found that I enjoyed that. And in fact, it was at that point that I decided, you know what, I might actually really keep going and keep applying for this um, commercial law thing because with each business I met, they were always so different, but it was exciting working with a new business all the time. Um, and then I realized, okay, as a solicitor, a commercial solicitor, you're always working with so many different clients. Even if, for example, you're in IT and tech, it might be Zoom, for example, with your client one day, and the next day it's Slack or an AI robotics company. And that ability to essentially sell the same thing, which if you're a lawyer, that legal service to a different company who need different things is a skill that I really enjoyed learning. I think what you're doing is illustrating so well something uh, that we always say, especially perhaps to students who haven't studied law or those who have this non-law work experience, like when they're feeling, um, when they're thinking about, you know, applying to maybe corporate law or law firms um, and they're thinking about what's put in applications, quite often they'll miss out all these really interesting, you know, working for charities and other things that they might have done. But what you've done really nicely and concisely, thank you, is kind of show how all those skills can be transferable across mm-hmm. um, to a law a job and to a law career um so yeah that's really amazing some really good examples there and I think we were also talking just before we started recording about how students often think if you want to become a trainee solicitor you just have to kind of jump through all the hoops step by step by step after graduating um so you kind of really um advocate taking some time off especially if you're not quite sure if that's what you want to do yet you've really developed your skill set outside of that mm-hmm. I think it's so important because um I I know for me, anyway, law school can be very pressurizing because everyone, exactly what you said, that whole step A, step B, step C, step D, it feels like you have to go along that path and say if you don't get a vacation scheme offer or don't get a training contract in your second year, you feel like I'm suddenly so behind my peers. And I found that very hard. And I think now looking back, giving myself those times to remind myself that, you know, and walking on my own journey was so, so important because it, it did a lot for my own mental health as well because I think at the very important thing, apply, but sometimes when you don't feel like it, give yourself time to pause, find a firm that really aligns with your values and you find out what your values are by doing loads of different stuff. So I think, you know, it's very important to put yourself out there and try things that don't necessarily look like they stick to the status quo. And can you tell me a bit about uh, Talk About, which is one of the projects um, that, that you've worked on that you're working on and tell us kind of how, how that works and, and what you do uh, with, with that. So Talk About started off, strangely enough, from when I was um, 16. That's when I came up with the idea. I used to work with Sky News and ITV and BBC and the, the like, interviewing David Cameron and different political figures. And um, I just found that, you know, wouldn't the world be so interesting if young people just kind of, had the opportunity to speak about global issues and add in their new ideas. So that's where Talk About is grounded in. It's grounded in the philosophy that a lot of magic happens when you bring in the fresh ideas of a young person and the experienced um, guidance and knowledge of someone who's seasoned in their field. So what we do is we bring these young people, um, and it's usually anything from 16 to 30, with um, industry leaders to discuss global topics. So we all, as law students, we're always being told, you know, commercial awareness, commercial awareness from the onset. But because I was already a youth counsellor and really followed politics and what's happening, I didn't realise it was commercial awareness. But for me, it was a case of just simply understanding what's happening in the world. And I feel like when you look at it that way, 
you start to not necessarily feel like, oh, I'm reading the news because I have to and I'll perform very well in the interview. But instead, um, what we do at Talk About is we've got a global network of contributors. And these are all young people, some who are interested in law, others who are interested in tech, loads of different careers. And they pick global topics and they cover them in vlogs, they add commentary, they take part in our um, Talk About Ideas podcast. And at the heart of it is them knowing that, okay, it's, we don't just want you to summarize what you read in the Financial Times. We want you to actually read it and think, okay, what next? What else? Who's being affected by this? What can I do? If I was in the position of this organization, this business, this leader, what would I do to make a difference? And that's when you start unlocking a different mentality of thinking, okay, when I enter an organization, I can actually make change. Um, and we're also having fun right now because of coronavirus, building an e-learning platform for personal development. And we're really excited to be able to do what we can as young people to really make the world a better place, but in a way that is tech focused and easily accessible. So that's a little bit about what we did talk about. I like how you just casually at the beginning of that said, oh, when I used to interview David Cameron. <laughs> so this is what I mean about Menanda having kind of a good personal brand. I always see you on LinkedIn kind of having been on some podcast or talk show. So kind of everything that you've done has really kind of, you know, put you in the spotlight a bit, which is amazing. But I really liked what you said there about how commercial awareness is kind of this word that's just thrown around. Um, but actually what you're doing there is kind of commercial awareness in practice. You're getting people mm-hmm. to put themselves into other people's shoes and think about what they would do. And that's exactly what commercial awareness is. It's putting yourself in your client's shoes and kind of thinking about the wider world and the wider issues and how you would solve problems. So that's that's super interesting. And, you know, I think uh, listeners should definitely have a look at Talk About and we can put the details um, in the podcast description for them, for them to check it out. Now, you might have um, kind of covered a lot of this uh, with what you said before, but um, are there any kind of particular skills that you can pull out that you found that from running these projects and kind of running your own business, uh, maybe some more skills that you feel are very applicable to a legal career? So um, I think one skill that is really important is to be personable. And by that, I mean, you know, don't take yourself too seriously or try too hard to impress other people, because I feel like people can see through that. And um, I say this all the time, when you're trying to build your personal brand, you have to be as authentic as you can be. And that means that when you meet someone, understand that, you know, that person's a real person as well. And um, for example, for each project that I've worked on, when I did our Brexit and I got MPs on board, I don't go and approach them with fear that they're above me. They've got a lot more experience than me. They know more people. I'm not worth their time. Instead, I tell myself, you know, I'm going to shoot my shot. I'm going to be really nice be genuine about what I am hoping to do by working with them and if they like me or if they like what I'm trying to work on they'll support it and if they don't that's perfectly okay networking is something that's always really important we're told you have to make a good impression you have to expand your connections so it's very easy to go out and try and connect with people and just see them as oh my gosh this is a partner let me connect with them so I know a partner oh this is a business person let me connect with them so that um I know a business person I can just when I need to I can align myself with them instead what I found has been so important is understand that people are people And there's been many occasions where there's people that I've networked with and they might not be particularly useful to me in the networking sense of things at that moment in time, but they're really cool. They've got really cool kids and their kids like to paint stuff. And, you know, they're just so funny. I feel like I'm always laughing with people all the time because they're just, some people are really interesting. Let me give you an example. When I worked in business strategy, I was at this, um, it was like an evening talking about Brexit and how we're going to engage with Germany and the UK. 
and one of the speakers I got to talking to him after and he was just asking me you know what do you do and I said oh you know I studied law and he was the president of the chamber of commerce in Germany and then he was like oh I studied law as well and I was like oh you didn't go into it he was like no um I got busy but I did other stuff and then I was like oh what did you do and then he said um he did a bit of like politics trying to learn languages and then I told him you know I've been trying to learn Spanish for the longest time ever and then he was like Fernando you really need to get on it right now I'm trying to teach my son Russian and then he was like, I'm trying to learn Russian. I don't have the time, but I'm making time for it. At that moment in time, I had absolutely no use for him. You know, in terms of there's nothing that I could sell to him. There's nothing that I could particularly offer him, nor me take from him. But because we just got along, got his card and, you know, just sent him a thank you message. I really enjoyed talking to you. And I'd mentioned in that conversation, because it was so fun, I was like, you know, one day I hope I get the chance to interview you. Or I hope we get the chance to have a coffee one day. And when I emailed him saying I had a nice time talking to him, he was like, you know, likewise, and you know, I can't wait to be interviewed with you, by you one day. And I was like, oh my gosh, he remembered. But that's because we had such a nice conversation and it was just about like his wayward career, nothing to do with his position. But at the same time, it becomes a lot easier later on in future, say if I was working on something to talk about or if I am a trainee solicitor or partner at some point, if that happens, um, and you know, perhaps I'm working in Germany and I want to grab a coffee, I can now contact him and be like you know let's hang out let's have a coffee because I know him as a person and mm. he knows me as a person and that's when networking becomes really powerful because you're no longer just a number in their contact book and a better example for those who are at home and they're thinking you know I can't necessarily go out and network right now um there was a man who posted a um video about a business he recently started and it's this really cool complex he's building with like so many different things going in it had like a coffee shop a barber shop like esports arena and the largest like wall of trainers exclusive ones in the whole of the uk coming to birmingham and i was thinking this doesn't happen but the video that he posted was going viral and he was just so genuine and i watched it and the soundtrack just made me want to cry and i was like i love this so much i can see why you're doing this and we connected on linkedin and next a, a week later had him on my podcast and he was just talking about his journey and as a result of that you know when we get the chance to speak we give each other any business advice um you know I know that if I wanted to book a venue one day I could book a venue there for something that I was holding but we didn't start off by me going up to him and saying hey I want to book a venue with you and I know you have it but it was just a case of his story and his values really shown through and I connected with them because I understand where my values lie so yeah those are amazing examples of kind of how to network without wanting something and without being mm-hmm. obvious and just as you said connecting on a personal level because um you know because you're interested in them as a person not as you know a currency or some 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 someone that can give you something so yeah that's amazing advice thank you and really good kind of real examples there how do you think, you know, every, with everything that you've kind of done and now you're kind of on the route, um, I don't think we mentioned, but you are starting your training contract at Latham and Watkins next year. So how do you think that everything you, you have done has kind of shown how perhaps what makes a good lawyer has kind of transformed and kind of evolved over the years? I think it's showing that diversity is so important, not just from a case of like race or sexual orientation or anything like that, but diversity of thought. And um, I remember being at my firm on the vacation scheme and one of the partners came through and he had this thick northern accent. And it was just, you know, like, because I'm from 
up north, but not too north. I'm Wolverhampton. <laughs> like, um, if for better example, whenever I go to the chip shop or something or walking around, everyone's like, you're right, Bab, I'm, like, I'm all right. How am you? You know, that's how it is. And to hear someone with an accent that's very much from the region as well was so nice. And the emphasis there was that so many people have so much to bring to the table. And gone are the days where, you know, you are the lawyer who's just gone through law school and just gone through the usual part and your clients are people who've started a business they've always had businesses sometimes your clients have worked in um, charities sometimes your clients have been journalists some of them have worked in tech and some of them have had you know some really interesting life experiences and what's been really really important as we've developed now is because the look and feel of clients is changing we need lawyers who can relate to them on that same deeper level for example if there was a client who came from an African background and happened to be so passionate about tech because of like what I've been building and talk about it's mainly so interested in tech and I also happen to be from an African background and we can relate on those levels likewise if someone is from up north and have had and they have a farm and they're trying to grow their agriculture business in a way that's really really large and if you've got somebody who understands that region and has perhaps worked in a farm or worked um, with animals and really understands that side of things, you give your clients such a better service. And it's a service that's not just textbook work and textbook learning, but it's found in real application and understanding on what's happening on the ground. And I can't imagine a client not being happy that their lawyer fully understands what they're going through and gives them advice that they don't have to try and figure it out too much. And I think that's what's really exciting. You know, there's value in all the little things that you do. And they will be some of the things that differentiate you, your, you from other lawyers, from other firms, when you are at that stage where you're competing for work. Because I think we sometimes, as law students, we forget that as you progress, you're now pitching for work as a lawyer or as a partner. And you're always having to figure out, okay, how can I connect with my clients and make them want to get their work from me? That's great. Um, and quickly, before you go, um, I have to ask what your um, kind of tips for public speaking are, because, um, again, having stalked your LinkedIn profile <laughs> earlier, it, you were very highly endorsed for public speaking. And I'm sure everybody listening um, right now will agree um, with how articulate uh, you are. So um, perhaps you could kind of just say how you how you approach a public speaking um, situation. Um, I think one thing that's a big tip it's important to speak from the heart. And if you can add an example, that's a really good thing to do. And the example doesn't necessarily have to be from a big case that you've read or um, it can be from a personal experience. And that's one thing, one thing that's really key about that is because when you talk about something that you love and something that you genuinely know or have experienced, your eyes glow, you smile a lot more. And when, you, when your body language is more positive, people will connect with you and they'll connect with what you're saying. And also you're less likely to forget something that you've experienced, um, but you're likely to forget speech. Um, tip number two, um, if you're having to do a speech or um, talk in public and you have a big topic and you've really researched it, come up with maybe five buzzwords that um, summarize your, your talk. This is because if you suffer from anxiety or imposter syndrome or you feel like you're going to freeze, which I have done at some point, it's if you have a word that you remember, okay, I can't remember the whole speech, but I knew that I was going to talk about tech. At least you'll be able to, even if you have to blag it and waffle, you'll be able to say something about tech. So it's important to just say something because trust me, I've been on stage and said absolutely nothing and it was horrid, but you know, this is something that I wish I'd known. And the last point for public speaking would be 
don't worry about sounding too intelligent. So I feel like often enough, you feel like, oh, I have to really make a good impression. I have to use these big buzzwords. I have to use all of these fancy things to really sound like the people I'm talking to. But honestly, if you can say, I like green tea because green tea just tastes really nice and has a bit of a tangy taste, say that rather than saying, I like green tea because green tea is infused with so many different leaves and the leaves contribute to a deeper taste and the twang really tickles my taste buds. (laughs) Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Like just say how you feel. And if someone thinks that you don't sound intelligent, that's their own personal problem. But somebody on there will attach themselves to you or truly understand your point. Because my last thing would be always remember that there's value in simplicity. If you can say quickly and concisely, go for it. That is great advice. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Um, It's been really nice catching up with you and yeah, hearing about everything you've done um, and really look forward to seeing uh, what you do in the future. We'll have to stay connected on LinkedIn. So thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun. Thank you so much to Vananda for that. I really enjoyed speaking to her and I am certain that there is something that everyone can take from what she said. As we roll into training contract application season, just a reminder that we have a comprehensive list of every firm's training contract deadlines on Law Careers Net. And if you head to our Coronavirus Information for Students page, you'll see the firms that are pausing recruitment this year. If you are making a training contract application, make sure you go back and listen to episode 6 of the LCN podcast, which is a masterclass on researching and crafting excellent law firm applications. It's one of our most popular episodes and still relevant for this year's application season. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.